Ninja's the only name I remember. Uh, I remember names. I didn't until you just said it. I guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, three, two, one. Fuck it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the uh, Spring Formal 2017 of Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. I'm Steve. And we are in the lovely state of Pennsylvania where there are beer stores. There are beer stores. And other weird archaic laws about having like arcade cabinets to your bars and stuff. Yes, it's very weird. Very weird. Uh, you can't have food there, so you have to go to the next door to another building that's owned by the same people that own the arcade to get your food. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Um, they did fix that. Now you can get food in the arcade. Oh, I'm glad they fixed that. Well, honestly, that was only because their kitchen wasn't finished yet. Oh, I thought it was a law thing. No. <laughs> or was it the fact that it was an arcade that was the problem? I remember it was the fact some... that it was an arcade at the time. That's right. Um, there was a bunch of old archaic laws um, about arcades in this area that were written back when people still believed arcades were going to destroy children. Oh, so the 1940s with pinball machines? Yeah, exactly. Man, those are some laws. Um, oh, the Galaga. Oh, watch out. Oh, Jesus Christ. They're going to worship Satan, guys. Yeah, it's good Good now that they fix those laws. Yeah. They're, now. They're such a problem now. <laughs> such a problem now. Not for, you know, except, Arcades everywhere. Except for like, you know, the last 20 years where they weren't a problem either. It wasn't right. really a problem since 82. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, when the video game collapse happened and everyone went out of business until Nintendo came along? Exactly. You know, that was... That was something, all right. Good thing they showed those laws, though. But speaking about video games and speaking about robots, video games are like robots. And, and PS4s. And PS4s. You know, technology. Sony, Vio. Sony Vio laptops. Check them out. You want to transfer your consciousness, you get a Sony Vio laptop and some PS4s. Hook together a little cluster mainframe there. Is the Zeo Crystal inside of the Sony Vio laptop? Uh, but I can tell you what is inside the Sony Vio laptop. Uh, Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> Uh, the consciousness of Krispy Kreme donuts. So you yeah, can transfer them. yeah. You have to transfer them to a robotic Krispy Kreme donut. Right. That'll never die. That'll never die. That's that's the best kind of donut. The best. And maybe that Krispy Kreme donut can lead us to the Zeo Crystal. <laughs> uh, we're t- today we're talking about the 2015 film Chappie, directed by Neil Blomkamp. Uh, in the near future, crime is patrolled by a mechanized police force. When one police droid Chappie is stolen and given new programming, he becomes the first robot with the ability to think and feel for himself. Good for him. Good for him. I hope he's a he's a good good achiever. Uh, two hours, uh, starring Charlotte Copley, Dave Patel, huge Jackman, <laughs> and uh, Ninja and Yolandi Vita from Die Antwoord. Uh, another man who speaks, uh, Brandon Arrett, who plays Hippo, who is subtitled. Even though I can I can understand what he's saying. I understand. Well. I understood every word out of his mouth. Yeah, I, I was yeah, very I, confused. Even since the theater, I was kind of why does he have subtitles? <laughs> I get what he's saying. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I understand. You know, even even uh, District Nine didn't have subtitles, and people were speaking all that weird. Um, yeah, South African. Um, forget the word for their, their language. I know it's English, but there's a there's a phrase for it. Last I checked. Uh, so uh, Steve had never seen. You know, it's been two years. Steve never saw this movie, so I thought, you know what, Steve would really like this movie. Cause Steve really likes Short Circuit. I do. Really and Steve like also Short really Circuit. likes RoboCop, and I do really like. RoboCop. So we watched uh, Chappie, which is essentially the melding of Short Circuit two with RoboCop. Yes. So Steve, uh, what did you think about Chappie? I don't understand why people don't like this movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah, because like, I'm sure you spent the last few years of people up every now and then talking about how they don't like it. Yes. Like some, like similar to Elysium and other Neil Blomkamp films. Yeah, I, whenever I feel like whenever the conversations of Chappie would come up from time to time, you know, it's not like it's a now, like heated every, argument. Every day you walk into your job, like, hey, did you hear about Chappie? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, whenever Chappie did come up, it was always just like, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't really good at all. 
It was just short circuit. And I'm just like, I mean, and now that I see the film, like, yeah, obviously the comparisons are there. Mm-hmm. The comparisons are there with Short Circuit, Short Circuit 2, Los Locos, Kick Your Balls into Outer Space. That's right. Um, Indestructible Gangster number one, G. <laughs> um, and obviously all the uh, Robocop uh, comparisons are there. Mm-hmm. So the, it is not a super original concept, but I do think that the uh, delivery is original. Yeah. I think that the way the storytelling happens is an original way to do this story. Mm-hmm. And above all else, I like the plot itself. I liked the um, point of the plot. I liked the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a really solid film. Yeah, I uh, you know it's science fiction at this point. You're really not you're not doing much except taking the wheel. You know, you're not reinventing the wheel. You're just taking the wheel and giving a new paint job. Absolutely, and so, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. I I it's so interesting to me when people pick and choose. I mean, this is this is not necessarily criticism of the film, but criticism of the criticism of the film, where it's similar where. You know, there's not like uh, the film Life. It's like uh, Alien and Space Home. We've had that a million times, but obviously, what they can do with the film, or even Alien Covenant. Like we've seen the story a million times, but obviously, they're going to do something different with it. The alien, like the xenomorph, there doesn't want them touching his wheat, so we right. got to make sure he's not touching their wheat. This is my wheat. I've been growing this wheat. Yeah, get away from my wheat, motherfuckers. <laughs> this is all I have. Yeah, this is my wheat. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I think sitting here, like, well, this is Short Circuit Two and RoboCop. Yeah, okay. I mean. I don't know. Going, there's there's so there's so many take. different sentient that type of stories. I mean, we're going yeah. back to a Metropolis here in the, mm-hmm. in the 30s and such. You know, there's you know, so it's just a matter of doing that. I think that's a weak criticism. It is a film. weak criticism because again, like it's totally fair to make the comparisons. Mm-hmm. It's totally fair to bring that up, but it's to me, it's not a negative at all. Too chappy. Exactly. It's not like, and especially because it's done so differently. Exactly. It's, whereas Short Circuit Johnny Five, number five to Johnny Five. Yeah. Um, as soon as he comes alive, he's like already hypersentient and is a completely functioning adult mm-hmm. in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Versus Chappie was very much a "this is a baby, this is a child," and how does an AI grow and learn from that? Exactly. And the RoboCop aspect is purely because there's a corporation looking to incorporate robots into the police force, mm-hmm. which by this point they've already have. Yes. And now the only comparison is necessarily like the Ed Two Hundred Nine to the yeah. Moose. That's probably the and, and that one was, guy, that was the, that was a very much Ed Two Hundred Nine. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. subplot. The only thing I take from RoboCop, I think people always look at the Chappie, the police force, the robots. The, the most common thing of RoboCop in this film is Dick Jones and the Ed Two Hundred Nine versus a huge Jackman. <laughs> Keep calling him huge jacked man because yeah. he is a huge jacked man. He is, uh, except legs. And uh, you know, we're going to this comparison of him and his his, his bipedal, you know, mech robot mm-hmm. that looks very similar to an Ed Two Hundred Nine. I wasn't sure because of the different doodads and the reveal if I should be making Ed Two Hundred Nine references when he showed up, mm-hmm. or if um, Chappie should have given him just a little bit of nuke, a little bit of nuke. Let's step outside. I, I thought he wanted so Gordon America to touch came in his, and his said, knife. Behave yourselves! <laughs> Why did Sigourney do that? Why didn't she? <laughs> What's really interesting, though, is the, the difference here. Uh, Dick Jones in RoboCop thought RoboCop was a, a you know godless monster because we're, in, we're doing the Android stuff. We're in, oh, sorry, Cyborg. We're incorporating human elements in the robots. And this time, uh, Hugh Jackman's character is, is the Dick Jones, but he thinks... That you have to have a human element in these robots, and yes. that the idea of you know AI is bad. But Dick Jones and RoboCop thought AI in Ed Two Hundred Nine was okay. Yeah, that's really it's an interesting flip there on how you can change perspectives. And again, that's why this film is taking maybe a piece of RoboCop, but just turning it over so we can see different sides of that. Absolutely, and I think that works really well. Where you have Dave Patel's character um, uh, Dion with his mechs, like he's wanting AI and going for that. 
and and it's an interesting route to go. No, absolutely, and and I've always been totally okay with movies taking pieces from other things, so long as they jumble those pieces up to create a new puzzle, exactly. a new creation. Um, versus uh, other films, which I think just take the pieces and put the exact same pieces in the exact same place, mm-hmm. which is some of my issues with, like, say, like the Phase Two Marvel movies, which all felt like the same movie, mm-hmm. or uh, some of my personal criticisms with Tarantino. Yeah. Um, this movie is not that. Mm-hmm. This movie is definitely it's creating something new. Yes, it, for sure, and it's exactly it's it's telling a different story with familiar pieces, which like I said, which is important. You don't want to have the same thing all the time. And when it comes to, I mean, even the in the only elements of like a short circuit that it's really taking is the fact they have a sentient robot learning things. Mm-hmm. We that's the only piece you're taking because yeah you have a sentient robot but it's not just he's oh. instantly smart reading these books, mm-hmm. th- finding out what death is by crushing a grasshopper or whatever he's you know this one is a essentially we're talking about consciousness and understanding and learning and how you can you know I guess nature versus nurture all these type of elements coming together uh, for for the character of Chappie yeah which is so again again it's familiar elements but they are not at all the same elements it's kind it's kind of like the same ending but the path itself was totally different yes exactly yeah uh, i don't know same I don't, results i should say not same ending i don't remember steve gutenberg becoming a robot at the end of short circuit <laughs> well <laughs> no that would have been uh what's his face in short circuit 2 um oh um uh, michael mckean yeah michael mckean should have gotten a sweet ass robot body or uh i mean uh uh-huh, shit i'm i can remember michael mckean but i'm really i was terrible about the actor who was brown face uh, <laughs> so am i but that's okay because he was um, brown face no it would have been michael mckean because he was helping johnny five against the gangster so yeah. he would have been the one to get hurt yeah i like the idea of steve gutenberg being a robot <laughs> and then then strike him to police cat police academy oh yeah <laughs> mahoney i'm sorry sir <laughs> Why wow, he sound like a robot? Still, he has consciousness. <laughs> yeah, that's a joke. Maybe, maybe he does it as a bit. Johnny Five goes to the Blue Oyster. Ah, <laughs> uh, great. Uh, so that's the general overview of the plot. Is uh, like we said, uh, Dion, played by Dave Patel, wants to start wants to work with AI, make a robot, a ninja, and Yolandi Visser of Diantward are gangsters in this film. We need money. So they think that they can turn off the robots by getting a remote, a remote control, remote like the control. TV. Yeah, these are these are logical steps for someone to take. It's like, okay, we need money. Okay, gotta have a remote for these guys. Like they they're they're not uh, shown to be the most intelligent people, which is fine. So yes. us sitting here going, well, that probably doesn't work. Do you think someone <laughs> hasn't tried that before? Right. But you know, fine. We'll go around with these characters for uh, and their and their partner, America. America. My name's Holmes. America. America. <laughs> His name's America. That's fantastic. And. So their idea is they kidnap him and want him to make a robot, for, uh, make a contr- remote for the, to stop turn him off. But at the same time, he's been he's stolen one of their robot units to twenty two, number unit twenty two to uh, try number twenty two because he's going to do he's going to renegade. He's going to do his own AI test and stuff because fuck the corporation. Corny Weaver's like yo dog, you took an AI thing and brought it to a military arms corporation. We don't want to teach robots to paint. Yeah, shoot motherfuckers. She didn't say that. She should have. She she should have been more more. Uh, more street in this more film. street she's in she's in one gangster yeah indestructible gangster number one <laughs> after all that's what we're talking about here and so we get to follow this uh story of chappie about him from basically creation to how he's uh fully sentient and can think for himself and make decisions for himself and understand uh that humans are bad bad people yes always lie why you hurt people why you hurt mommy you killed mommy i'm crush you you're a bad man <laughs> I'm no longer mad at you. 
So uh, now we get the over- general overview of some thoughts. Uh, what were some uh, positives for you? Uh, positives, uh, Chappie himself, yes. itself, I guess I should say. Well, that is uh, motion captured and played by Charlotte Copley. Himself. Yes. <laughs> He's wearing a green screen, a uh, green, 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 green suit, which is a green screen, yeah. uh, and doing all the motion cap and all that stuff for it. Um, I thought Ch- Chappie's character was really uh, engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of heart to Chappie. Uh, Blomkoff, uh, Blomkoff definitely knew what he was fucking doing with that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, a very different take than, say, Johnny Five, who's this quippy, I'm a cool guy, sort of robot. Wouldn't you like be a pepper, too? Yeah. yeah. Uh, also learning these lessons, but in a way where, you know, it's, it was very 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, he, while naive, he still gets the streets and the people, and he's funny. Yeah. Uh, whereas Chappie is very innocent in his naivety johnny five was more of a comedy it wasn't looking for some deep uh thesis and thoughts on consciousness and what is life and what is it was a comedy with deep moments whereas this is a um deep film with comedy moments yeah some moments of levity but it's mostly supposed to be a serious action film yeah a a science fiction film doesn't necessarily call an action film it's a science fiction film because the action elements are actually rather light until the, the third act um chappie is adorable yes so goddamn cute yes um both in design and personality hmm um Chappie's voice and progress throughout the entire film is very realistic, and I really, really liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought it worked very well. Yeah, I really enjoy like little bits. Like he still, he has conscience to be still a robot, so there's still a sense of super logic about it. So like you can't break a promise. Okay, that's like boom, that's a law. Zero zero one. Yeah, 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 yeah. can't break a promise. <laughs> or like uh, he miss like he mishears motherfucker, so he keeps saying mother uh, fuck mu- fuck mother. He keeps saying fuck mother. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I liked his uh, character course as well. The fact that he keeps on like scratching his nose because he saw America do it once. Like, yeah. As soon as he was born. But yeah, when so... Ninja's like showing him how to walk, he had to walk like this and do stuff. He's like, okay, so that, like every time you see Chappie, he's walking like that, like holding his dick, even though yeah. he doesn't have a dick. He's a robot. No <laughs> yeah. robo dick going on right here. No robo dick. Yeah. And just all those other, like this mannerisms he picks up because those are the people he's around. Those are, those mm-hmm. are the people he's learning from. Um, and, and smaller stuff, like the realization that knives don't make people go sleep. Yes, exactly. Like he's smart <laughs> enough to pick this up that the, the, the lies that um, Ninja was giving him are no yeah. longer uh, really applicable. Right. You've, why'd you lie to me? <laughs> or even the little things that we get, like the, you know, it's so funny, like, we, the, obviously the big thought of this film is like consciousness and life and all sort of stuff and the idea, like, why did God create man if man's meant to die, that type of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like we're seeing that through the eyes of this robot in this film, mm-hmm. which it's easy, like, we don't we don't think about that way. Like, we make a computer and the computer's a tool and once the computer dies, that, but this computer, this machine had consciousness, like, well... It's just, like, in our minds, it's disposable, but what about to that item? Yeah. Is it disposable to that? I didn't make you to die. I didn't know you were going to become this. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's that's his, that's his uh, Dion's guilt in this film. Like, he thought it was just a test. He didn't know that this was what would happen. And so that's also um, a character moment for him. Like, everyone has a pretty good arcs in this film. I think the only people that don't necessarily are, are Yolanda. Now, Yolanda always seems fine throughout the film, and Ninja. I mean, they but they don't necessarily need I, to have arcs. I think she has – it's a very small arc, but I do think she has a character progression – and at least enough characterization where you can see that like she's one of those people that's a decent person but is stuck in this criminal world because mm-hmm. that's just where her life fucking led her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she finds something more than just surviving with Chappie, mm-hmm. becoming mommy or what happened. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, and even Ninja, I think Ninja's weird because I feel like I feel that he has a somewhat similar arc, but it's a lot less clear because I feel that like his hero redemption at the end comes out of nowhere. But I also see where it kind of leads up to that with, like, lying to Chappie and maybe feeling guilty about that and realizing 
yeah. that he's fucking over. I think even something though he's more a bad, important than bad himself. person, and he, had, he, 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 he is he, a he, shitbag. He's yeah. a shitbag. Clearly, there's no doubt about it. Like this is the world he's in. This is he's the situation he's in. He needs this money, otherwise, him, Yolandi, and America are gonna die. They're fucked by hippo, all this sort of stuff. So they're they're this is the world they live in. This is what he has to get by. But I think even he has a consciousness at least to understand that like he's put he. He's growing. Like, there's a little scene, especially in the end, when we find out that he, uh, that Chappie transferred uh, Yolandi's um, consciousness. Like, there's scenes where they're. Well, they're... He, he made a copy because she was still in her original brain. Okay, well, yeah, sorry, <laughs> made a copy. There, clarification. Yeah. Flash drive. Yeah. And you know, we see them like he's. I don't know. Even that small scene of him like wrapping a blanket, drink coffee while they're doing stuff. Like he's smiling. I was like, like, I think he's growing attachment to Chappie and. Chappie's there's a sense of purity about Chappie that when Chappie realizes he's been lied to, it I think even Ninja's kind of like ah shit, I did I did fuck up, but this is what we, I had to lie to you to get what we need, otherwise we're all fucking dead, mm-hmm. that type of thing. And I think, I think even in this hero moment, um, when the shit's hitting the fan, I think even like with Ninja, I think even Ninja can be like can have a sense of morality and sense of good. Like okay, if I if I let myself be killed, that especially I think for him it's mostly about Yolandi. Yeah, I think like yeah, if yeah, he sacrifices yeah. himself, it'll save Yolandi. Yeah, that's what's most important to him. Mm-hmm. And so like she's like definitely like his moral center, like his like, that type of thing. Where and and that does make sense again. Like it makes sense, but I guess just in the film with the pacing, it felt a little out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel that shift in Ninja. I can see it, but I it I didn't feel it. If that's that fair. makes any that's sense. Fair. No, that's fair. Um. America didn't really have a character arc, but I liked America because he seemed like he was the gray one, whereas mm-hmm. Yolandi was like the super nice, and Ninja was the shitbag, yeah. always trying to make Chappie a cold-hearted killer. I liked mm-hmm. that America was in the middle, like he's nice to Chappie while also trying to make him a criminal, <laughs> like he's he's the good, he's the middle cop. Yeah. And uh, I liked his one line at the very end of the film when they get the money, and his immediate response is, I'm going home. Like, well, there's his entire backstory. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's from America. Like, he's stuck here. Exactly. <laughs> he's been stuck here, all this stuff. Now with his money, he can finally get out of here, go back home. And sadly, America suffers the most gruesome death of the film. Holy shit. There's not, this film doesn't have a ton of uh, death, per se, until the final act. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting stepped on and ripped apart by the moose is the most graphic death we get. Oh, it's extremely graphic. Yeah, this this has definitely the trademark of Neil Blomkamp's uh, violence. It's not quite as uh, explodey as uh, District Nine or Elysium, where District Nine's still holding the the top candle for that on just people exploding with weird alien technology and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. But this one, the since it's so light that when it does happen, it does have full impact, and it's yes. like it's like a kick to the gut. You're like, oh shit, that's right. We're living in the real world where high caliber uh, missiles or high caliber uh, rifle rounds. From this big ass fucking uh, Cobra assault cannon, military it, grade, bang bang. <laughs> um, it, it reminded me kind of like the ending of Rambo, yes. meaning a Rambo four, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we're like, like there's a lot, there's action throughout the film, but there's not that much violence to the very end. And when they start using fifty cal rifles on human beings, it looks to a man the, in the front seat of a jeep, <laughs> it looks exactly the way it should. So the whole movie is, you know, it's high octane, it's adrenaline pumping. But once you get to the final sequence, you're like, holy shit, Jesus! Oh my Christ. god, you are just like kicked in the you shit. Don't exist anymore. Yeah, like before that, you obviously get some st- stuff for sure. Yeah, but then. Then cut a man's head off a machete, whip that gun around, blow up a man in the front seat into yeah. grape jelly. Yeah. Then flip around and you're shooting dudes up in a truck and sniper rifles are blowing guys' heads <laughs> off on boats. And, oh my God. You kind of get that here where we're getting a lot of shooting. Like, yeah, there's, there's shooting, there's stabbing, there is violence throughout the film. Mm-hmm. But it's not until this final sequence when 
Dude's getting fucking ripped in half. Yeah. I re- fucking missile barrages are coming from the sky. Yeah. And what I really like about that is that we're, we're building up the moose this entire time as a super weapon. And it's like, no, but it's just it's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it can do stuff, but some uh, high-powered uh, uh, rifle shots are not too good for it. It's absolutely. Like, that's, um to get away from characters for a moment, that's, mm-hmm. I think, one of the funniest part of the films. And I, I totally believe it was intentional. Mm-hmm. I totally believe that one of the ideas behind... Um, huge Jackman's uh, character arc is that his own um, ego, his own uh, mm-hmm. what's hubris. the opposite of hubris? Yeah, 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 that type of thing. Yeah, um, he believes he's created this way awesome thing that's way better than everything. And as I pointed out in the film, he should be fucking selling that to the military. There's no logical reason why the local police need this giant flying tank. Yeah. Two, once it started flying, I said out loud to everyone in the room, that seems really fucking expensive. I can see why the police don't want that, because why would they need a flying bipedal fucking robot? And then, fucking one bullet from a handgun destroys its camera, and it's immediately well, out you, of Steve, the fucking you don't fight. you understand. His funding's been cut, like, the last couple of years. He needs more money for it to be better. <sighs> You don't put a fucking camera right there. I don't understand. No, Steve, come on. But yeah, it seems like it's a expensive, ineffective machine. Like the Ed 209 was. Like the Ed 209 was. Well, I feel that the Ed 209 at least still has a place. Like, I, I feel like... Just don't put any potholes or any stairs anywhere. I feel it can work as, like, a front door bodyguard for, like, major corporations or military bases. I think Ed does have an applicable... <laughs> place in the RoboCop universe as just that. Like, yeah. it was in RoboCop 3, aside yeah. from being reprogrammed by an eight-year-old girl. I am a puppy. <laughs> but at least Ed still has a purpose. But this thing, I mean, even if you send it to the front lines with the military, with as many bullets that are going to be getting shot at it, its camera's dead in, like, a second. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand the point of this machine. But that's great because you have this guy in this film who's Clearly an ex-military guy, ex-macho dude. He's being yeah. shown up by this nerdy fucking Dion guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool robot. He's like, this my fucking moose. You're fucking my cool robot. This is an actual example of, say, like, fragile masculinity. Yes. Or venomous or mm-hmm. masculinity, um, which is a term that I feel gets very much overused on Tumblr. <laughs> but it is a real thing. It is mm-hmm. um, a case with uh, macho guys or guys that can't handle not being... An alpha guy, and mm. Hugh Jackman is definitely that character in this yeah, film. Yeah, for sure. He is definitely the like I was top dog, and now I can't fucking get. I'm getting shown he's up. He's in like a, he's like in a tiny corner cubicle in this yeah. office. Like, okay, he's on this project. Uh, this took him over here, and he's like, "It's my fucking project. It's really <laughs> fucking cool. I got, I got big it's guns. It's my big fucking robot. Your little yes. baby tiny robots your over little, there. Your little dick. I got the big. Well, dick. even when he's like in the in the control chair for the moose, he's like, "Yeah, you fucking slime. Like he feels like a big man to be able to wield this like giant a big man. Even yeah. when like the him and two security guys go out to capture the chap. He's got the, like, that big, like. There's a lot of, a lot of good uh, Freudian symbolism here. Like he's got the big. Okay, like I asked you, guy. was that an EMP thing? Like why was it so big? I thought it was yeah, a fucking but, but RPG. Like, like, like this big handheld like you know dick that he's, <laughs> he's wielding around. He's like wielding like I, just showing off his will. Like ah fuck you, chappy. Look at my big dick. Blah. I bet his character has testicles on his pickup truck. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't see the back end of his bright orange. And a really SUV. loud motorcycle too. A really loud motorcycle. Probably. Like, yeah, check me out. He's, <laughs> yeah. like, Jesus Christ, he's walking around the office of a gun holster all the time. Why? What a fucking asshole, right? Yeah. Like, like you, And then he straight up threatens to murder it, dude. It's a, a, a prank. Just a prank, He bro. seems like, the, like, even then, like, the office, he seems like the dude in the office that no one's to fuck with. It's like, this guy, fuck with it. This guy's in, crazy, insane. Like, yeah, fine. no one okay, likes let's him. let's just leave him alone. Yeah. Yeah, okay, hi. We have to work th- with him. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for your joke. Ha, ha. I don't like that guy's What asshole. a fucking dickwad. Yeah. 
Like, immediately after that scene on break, everyone's just like, what about that faggot? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's what they would say in Johannesburg. That's, that's, exact- exact- that's exactly what they would say in Johannesburg, probably. That's what they would say, yeah. <laughs> South Africa. Um, <laughs> um, to, let's get back to... I mean, we're already talking about Hugh Jackman's character. Yeah. So, um... I like him as just a shitbag villain. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's interesting. He's that lawful evil mm-hmm. type deal versus like um, – I already forgot her name, the female. Yolandi. Yeah, thank you, Yolandi. Uh, whereas Yolandi is like a um, chaotic neutral or what have you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hugh is so blinded by his desire to be the best, to be the winner, that he puts the entire city at risk. Oh yeah, he, I want to prove how good the moose is. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck over all of these robots and kill thousands, thousands. of people, probably tens of millions of dollars in property damage alone. Mm-hmm. Then even that, that doesn't. And even as work. soon as that happens, his immediate, he's immediately like, oh yeah, let's put the moose out there, and and it doesn't even work. She's yeah. like, no, we're not doing that. That's you're stupid. That's no. you are so stupid. It's not until Ch- like Chappie's on the news doing stuff that he's like. Look, we got to cover this up. It's going to hurt the company. And she's like, at this point, it's it's so clear. At this point, she's like, fuck it, fine. Like, burn it to <laughs> like, ash. Jesus Christ, it. fucking okay, get we, your big dick on the street. <laughs> it's like that one step too far. She's like, okay, so we got to cover this up because this is going to look really bad. Like, it's already bad. This is going to be worse. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like that, that's when he finally gets it out. Get our best spin people on it. <laughs> <laughs> this could look really bad for us, Johnson. <laughs> Well, at least the the dead won't sue. Well, the dead they have families. They, have families. they always do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the one I guess um, moving from characters just like uh, negatives. It's 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 kind of a staple of his films anymore. But I I, I was I'm always kind of like especially this was the weird one for me like having the um uh, like the documentary like interview opening of the film where they kind of give us like afterwards and then it's eighteen months later then we hear the story. I am torn on that. Mm-hmm. Because um, on one hand, I agree with you, and I wanted to say it until I saw the actual ending of the film. Then I sort of understood it more. But let me say why I agree with you first. And that is, I agree. It's very, it's jarring. It's out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's like f- t- less than a minute and a half of a documentary opening. Yeah. And then it's just a movie. And it, it basically reveals like, yeah, now we got Chappie. Shit's happening. Mm-hmm. So we know in some way Chappie makes it to something. Whether he's uploaded to the net and he makes all the phones ring. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Or whatever, so we know that ahead of time, and that kind of – it was an annoying thing in the film to me. Mm-hmm. But from a story aspect, I also kind of understand why they did that, because they want to end the film with Chappie bringing someone back from the dead. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a case where, like, the opening with the documentary, what you think they're talking about is, I never thought I'd see AI in my life, but it's happening. But with the end of the film, you understand that they're talking about fucking immortality yeah that's it was it's meant to be a misdirect so on one hand again i like i agree with you because it's jarring it's kind of it takes me out of the film for a brief moment and it's always in the back of my head the whole movie but then with the ending i do think it makes sense thematically and what they were trying to do with the story it's com- it's meant as a misdirect at the beginning of a two-hour long movie and yes. the payoff is yolandi opening her creepy robot eyes yes and Oh, that's such a well. I think like, when I think back to District Nine, District Nine opened with it and closed with it as the bo- opening of the bookend mm-hmm. of the film. So you got a better sense of. I mean, at the end, like them telling this, them kind of telling the story was also the end of the film. Like we don't know what happened to um, Charlotte Copley's character, uh, Vicar, oh, um, Wickus, Wickus, Wickus. Like we don't know. Sorry, there we go. Like we don't know what happened to Vickus. He might still be out there. Then we cut back to like him leaving, like. Um, like aluminum ornaments he made for his wife at her house, and she's like, well, "Where'd he go?" And all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Then we see him like 
just as a full um, um, prawn at this point, waiting for um, it's been a while. Uh, waiting for the one prawn who took the ship to come back yeah. and all that type of stuff. So it leaves it kind of, but you still have that. It, it, it closes itself for it open on like this. Mm-hmm. I see your point, but yeah, it, it, there isn't a close to it. It's like it's like that. that's, that's my, that's my that. slight critique is just that. Like I like to have some sense, but I think it's 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 better to leave it where they left it. Uh, yes. Um, but there could have been something. I don't know what. Maybe. But because, like, um, I I think one of my favorites, and not in, it was in my top five, but in retrospect, it's not that great. But I just I'm have such a hard on for space. Mm-hmm. But, um, Nolan's space film, Interstellar. Thank you. For, I, I don't know. Uh, you mean Event Horizon? Event Horizon. <laughs> I almost, that's where my brain fucking was, and I was just like, it's not Inner Horizon. It's not. Uh, um, but Interstellar opened with a documentary type deal. Oh, did it? Yes. Okay. And but it's because it opens with old people talking about how like f- shit is fucked, and then you it cuts to like the present day. Um, and shit's fucked. So, like, it kind of seems like it's a way to get you up to speed with how fucked Earth is. But then at the end of the film, you find out that those are really old people that talk that were talking about what life was like when they were, like, six years old back on Earth when it was fucked. Whereas now everything's fine because they're in, like, orbit and they're living oh, in space and gotcha, stuff. Gotcha. It was a great misdirect in the opening, but it closes itself. That got And them, it, yeah. re- it really worked well. And I feel like they could have done something similar here to at least close that loop but again i don't want to lose the way that the film ends where it um, ends i have no problem with obviously openings on news news footage that's fine like I, that's where they pretty much do from the start like they just have the interview stuff then it cuts to anderson cooper and like cnn coverage mm-hmm. like if you just open on that that'd be fine but i think just the interviews are what we didn't need yeah we didn't need to have that we could just open on instead of doing interview interview 18 months later than cnn footage just start with cnn footage yeah that's fine i think we could have done that like similar like uh, edge of tomorrow did that where they just open immediately on news like getting us up to speed on like what's happening in the world and what these weird there's bad mm-hmm. shit's going down and then yeah. boom we're on to tom cruise showing up and doing stuff i really like when movies are able to get you up to speed with just news clips well Rob- robocop does that yeah like, going back to robocop now yeah, yeah. we have the, uh, the 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 news segment you know get well get you know get well soon Frank. it's it's so much better than I have to explain this exposition to the audience, or we need a character who is retarded, yeah. and we have to explain everything happening to this character. Uh, well, as you know, Steve, that, that, okay. that's, that's what we do. Oh, yeah, okay. exposition. Well, as you know, <laughs> well, if I know it, why are you telling it to me? <laughs> yeah. I tripped up Steve here. I got him with a goof. You got well, me. Well, I thought you were going to continue that. Well, no, I just want to drop it. I, I thought you were going to say, well, as you, you know, know, as you Chappie know, as you know, we watched uh, Chappie out. today, and in Chappie today, as you know, he used some PlayStation 4s for a cluster to, you know, do all that. And as you know, you're wearing a Captain EO shirt. What? I am. And that means so much. So, I mean, Symbolism. You got, I don't know if, uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts or final um, tidbits you want to drop on this film? I think, don't. I don't, and I have, uh, as far as negatives, I didn't have any major ones besides the, the little things we talked about. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have any negatives. With I think another criticism was uh, um, Words acting in the film. I thought it was fine. I never, never bothered me. I felt they were totally believable at those characters. I hated Ninja, and I was supposed to hate Ninja. Yeah. I mean, I hate their music. I mean, I even said that throughout the film a few times that I fucking despise the fucking music, and their music kept on popping up in the film. So I guess that's a criticism I have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's just with music choice, not with the film itself. Mm. And it, it was never enough for me to be like, oh, fucking goddamn chat. Well, like I said, when I put this on my top five list for that year, everything in the film feels believable for these characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. I totally believe these people would have their faces on T-shirts they are currently wearing. I completely agree. I totally agree. believe that they'd make their own music and just blast it all the fucking I'm, time. I made that joke, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, no, all, none of that seems non-believable to me. These are, it's not like, I don't I, know. I liked 
uh, the fact that they're wearing kitty and dolphin shirts. Yeah, they just wear like, random shit. They just like, wear, what the fuck? And when you see other people in Johannesburg and other films or any time, like even the people that aren't the main characters, so they're dressed like that. They're just mm-hmm. dressed in weird shit. I think one of my favorite tiny things in the film is that Ninja's gun is this bright fucking yellow ugly monstrosity mm-hmm. and his keychain is just the little mini version of that gun. Exactly. It was adorable. With a, with, <laughs> a pink, with a pink magazine and everything. Yeah. But I mean, that's just no, no different than Hippo having a gold AK-47. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like that extravagance that that's going on there, which I really liked. So, uh, so yeah, any uh, you want to go jump into star ratings? Yeah, may as well. Yeah, cool. Uh, uh, I think for me, uh, I think I'm still at a four and a half stars. I also give this film a four and a half. Might be a five, but I I can't remember what I'm I'm sitting. I still think I'm, I'm still pretty in love with it. So I'll, I'll rest easy with my four and a half. Yeah, I, I four and a half, not perfect. You know, it's got a few issues, which mm-hmm. every movie does, but enough for me to knock it down just a half of a star rating for exactly. absolute. Like, it's obviously still a uh, major recommendation for us. Absolutely. Check out Chappie. It is not what the internet makes it out to be. But then again, we said the same thing about Batman v Superman. So. Yeah, we said a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of movies people don't like. For a lot of movies. Reason. I don't understand what's going on with that. I like things. I, <laughs> me as well. Okay, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, please uh, email us at moviefilmsbillandsteve at gmail.com if you have any thoughts, opinions, criticisms. That's always really nice of you. Uh, let us know what the update on Krispy Kreme is. Yeah. Can we get Krispy Kreme sponsor on this podcast? Uh, I mean, it's a, the most important place. I mean, it, this will be the most important podcast thanks to Krispy Kreme. Most important Kreme. podcast. Yeah, thanks to uh, The Zeo Crystal is located inside of this podcast. Yeah, so uh, w- w- this podcast is only available at Krispy Kreme. Yes. So that's the only place you can get it. Other place you can get it is moviefilmsbillandsteve.tumblr.com. All the episodes are listed there. Super convenient, super nice. Other avenues for reaching us. We're on Facebook. Uh, give us a like. Give us a little type, a little message out. Be like, hey, I like Chappie. It's great. And then you can also find us on iTunes. Subscribe. Give us a five-star review. Those are always nice. We're also on Stitcher, on the website, and the mobile app. And if you want to get in touch with me and find out about my consciousness and my PS4 clusters, I am on Twitter at Bill. And you can check out my film, SilverSpotlightFilms.com, Facebook.com slash SilverSpotlightFilms. Please check out Karis Hell still, KarisHell.com. If you want to look at me being a hero and making dreams come true for children everywhere, Facebook.com slash TheAmazingSparseSteven. Shoot me an email. Who went in a fight, Chappie or Angry Gangster Johnny Five? Uh, I'll give my answer right now, Chappie. You're probably right. Yeah. I don't think there's Radio Shack went out of business, so, Sha- <laughs> so Johnny Five's kind of fucked. Let's assume that he fixed himself right before Radio Shack went out of business. Okay, well, when he gets fucked up, he's, Radio Shack's gone, man. Fuck. Michael McKean can't do shit anymore. <laughs> Johnny Five's team of Michael McKean and some white guy in brown face oh, taking on Dion and Ninja. Well, as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. Uh, indestructible gangster number one, G.